podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk 1548. This is Rob Gutman standing in for Neil Atkinson this week. He is knee-deep in it in Glastonbury and we wish him well. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, because Neil's away, we're talking about my favourite subject, less so Neil's, which is Liverpool FCN transfers. And joining me to do it are John Gibbons, Craig Hannon and Gareth Roberts. Boys, it's been an exciting 24 hours with Liverpool clinching a record signing in the shape of Mohamed Salah for nearly 40 million. And just before we came on air to record, news breaking from a range of credible journalists, I'll go to you on this one first, John Gibbons, that Liverpool are definitely interested in Kylian Mbappe from Monaco. Yeah, it's one that's not going away and it's an exciting one If for those who, who feel like Liverpool need an out-and-out striker. Um, you know, it's been linked for a few weeks, but you, you wonder whether to take it with a pinch of salt. Salt, but the likes of uh, Paul Joyce, Chris Bascom, you know, respected journalists on the patch have said that the interest is real. Um, obviously, they they know they're up against it in terms of the clubs they're going to be up against and the fact that every club in the world would like him, but they are willing to pay the money if he if he wants to come and if he wants to come to play in the Premier League as well. So there's a lot of ifs, but it's nice to see Liverpool showing that ambition and and showing that you know they're willing to to put the money up for the top player if he is available. Gareth, it's this is a bit. This is a little bit more than uh, I think. Even the statement making a statement si- signing or interest. It's whatever price he sells for this summer if he does move, and it seems fairly likely it'll be north of a hundred million pounds, which is uh, would be a world record. And it's crazy considering he's only eighteen, but he, he is that good. Um, as John said, every club in the world is interested. It's. Paul Joyce, in his piece in The Times, actually says this isn't a PR stunt by Liverpool. They're genuinely interested to see if they've got a chance here. Even if it doesn't happen, the odds would you'd have to say would be against it with the likes of Real Madrid in the mix. It says something substantial about what Liverpool FC are about in the market this summer, doesn't it? Well, let's hope so, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's important that line about it's not a PR thing. And, you know, from a PR perspective, what, what are Liverpool getting out of it? If it, if it is just PR, if you know what I mean. So if they're only doing it just to get in the papers, well, what does that achieve? It annoys your fans. You know, your fans, your, there's plenty of cynical fans who follow Liverpool. Uh, we hear from them every day, are you? Um, and, 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 you know, you will get cynics who just say, well, they're just putting the name out there. They're just getting the link out there to, to look ambitious, but ultimately nothing will happen. But at the same time, you know, if you're not ambitious and if you don't ask the question, how do you ever get the right answer? So, you know, being in the conversation for me is important because, you know, I think we talked about him before and said that, you know, Liverpool is a completely different sell to the likes of Real Madrid. So if you go to Madrid, you're lining up with a load of superstars every week. Zinedine Zidane, the manager, the current uh, Champions League champions. And... You know, you might not get your game time. Whereas you come to Liverpool, if you you know, it could be that he looks at it and says, "Well, if I go to Liverpool, I'm a superstar there. I'm start. I'm probably starting every week. Um, I could do three, four years there, and then make that next step to to a Barcelona, to a Real Madrid. I mean, we might we might not like the idea of being on a different step to those clubs, but probably right now to a, to a foreign young player, we are because you know what have we won that's putting us on the map recently? Nothing. So Madrid, on the other hand, are, at the, are very much on that map. So it's, it's about what he wants and what, what what his strategy is for his career, really. I mean, I'm sure he'll be taking advice from his family, from his agents and everything else. And as you say, Robert, will he will command a huge fee wherever he goes. But this Mbappe story has been kicking around since... I think around February time that there was an interest in him. Well, if he's, I mean, Mel Reddy says it's even longer than that. They've yeah. basically been watching him for the best part of eighteen months. Yeah, and it might be, it might just be the case that you know they've been watching him for a long time, they've liked him, and then you know he's ended up posting the figures that he's posted this se- the season just gone, which were fantastic figures in terms of goal return and in terms of assist. And all of a sudden, you know, he's he's, he's top of everyone's list. But, you know, should that mean that Liverpool now go, well, we're always interested in him, but, you know, it's not for us now, we'll just walk away? Or did he do what they seem to be doing and just saying, well, well, let's just have a go? You never know. He he might fancy it. He might fancy this over that at this stage in his career. John... Liverpool, as, as Gareth says, Liverpool have been linked to this player for a while now, and, yeah. and, and certain journalists have recorded the fact that Liverpool have sustained an interest for a while. Let's take the story on face value, and I don't think there's any reason we shouldn't anymore, given the credibility of the people breaking it. <clears throat> Clubs like Liverpool don't don't waste their time with these kind of transfers unless they think they've got a fighting chance here. 
why, I mean, Gareth has hinted at it, but why, in what universe do Liverpool see off Real Madrid? In what universe do Liverpool see off, let's say, Man City? I think it's, I think as Gareth says, it's playing time, it's feeling wanted, it's we'll build a team around you. He, you know, you can say, well, go to Real Madrid, it's all, it's all sense of Ronaldo, and, you know, he's, he's seeing off some pretty, special players there you look at someone like James Rodriguez who's looking to move on at the moment you know can't get his his game time there and can't and when he is you know he's it's all about getting the ball to Ronaldo isn't it and even even someone like Benzema who's a brilliant player you know he he pales to, to the main man you know and and, and Scarif Bale there as well who's 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 one of their top men when when, when he's fit and so it's do you want to go somewhere where they're going to build a team around you where, you know, the, the Coutinho could, they'll build statues of you if you're brilliant kind of thing. You know, it's back in the Champions League. It's, it's, it's a big club. Do you want to go there? Um, and they're willing to, to pay the money in terms of the transfer fee and the wages or, or, or do you take your risk at this stage of the career and potentially, you know, it, it you know, stall and, and Liverpool might feel like a good stepping stone for them and that's how they'll try and sell it I'm sure there were other clubs trying to sell that as well you know there's talk that Arsenal are very interested um, you know as you say Man City as well I mean as we said it'll be every club won't it but, but you've got to you've got to sell it as this is a great place for you to develop and, and I think that's what they've always tried to do with players of that age group yeah he's a very special one but players of that age group is we've got a player who's proven sorry, a manager who's proven to develop players. We've got a football club that's built around, you know, taking players up to the next level, you know, and they'll probably be saying, although as Gareth says, you don't like it, look at, look at, look at what we did with Luis Suarez, look at what we've done with others who've, who've come here and, and, and moved on kind of half with our blessing and gone on to achieve great things. This is a good stage for you. And, and I think that is how they'll try and sell it. It's a, it's a World Cup year as well. It's a World Cup year, so that's, I think that's important to remember whenever players are deciding on who they might leave or uh, who they might join. Sorry, you know, if he is a big jump from League One in France to, to play him for Real Madrid and, and be their main man uh, week in, week out, especially with the likes of Bale and Ronaldo about. So, you know, as John says, Liverpool will be selling this to him as, you know, we, we look at what we've done in the past with players. Look at Klopp's been able to do with his signings last summer, how he's been able to improve them. And then, you know, in two or three years, then you can go on and make the big jump. As maybe we, we don't like to think of it that way as fans, but that is likely the way Liverpool would sell it to Kylian Mbappe. The, the, the other thing, sorry, is just this idea that, you know, you see when those stories have gone out there, even though even when they've gone out there from credible reporters who we know have got a bit of an in at the club, and can and can work however it's right or wrong. You see loads of the, the you know the, the replies to those stories that say, oh well, you know, as if as if FSG would do that because you know money ball and this and that and the other. But if we got, if we wind all the way back to to money ball, to soconomics, to, to you know to those kind of philosophies, actually this makes a lot of sense because he's an eighteen year old lad who, who, who's performed well in in. The, the French league, which I think most people would say is a step below the Premier League, so he, he's still got more levels to go to, both in terms of his talents and in terms of his value. So could it be that FSG look at this and say, okay, he might cost us ninety, it might cost us a hundred million, but we're going to get three, four good years out of him. We could possibly sell him for more if he if he if he if he comes here and does three, four years in the Premier League, rips it up, scores 20, 30 goals a season. He could then he could realistically end up going to Madrid or to Barcelona for a world record fee. So you get your money back, you, you and more. You get use of the player. You sell a million shirts or whatever. You excite the fans. You win matches. You know, in loads of ways, it makes loads of sense. It's just whether. People will say, is it is it realistic? But as I said before, I think there's nothing wrong with chancing your arm because, you know, one time maybe a player just does say, yeah, and maybe this is that time. And they say they say the hope, it's the hope that kills you. And it's not the hope, it's the, the brilliant bit in it, Rob. <laughs> oh, you like it is. The hope. It's the anticipation. It's yeah. the waiting. But it's also the signing of the really good players, though, Gareth. Let's be right. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then being killed if this doesn't happen. But, but Craig, I mean, Gareth reiterates here, this is an 18-year-old boy we're talking about. We're not talking about a man who's established in the world. Literally, literally he was doing his GCSEs 18 months ago, or the French, the French GCSEs. Um, Le GCSEs. <laughs> <laughs> or lay GCSE is plural. Yeah, oh I like this guy. Right. But Craig, so he's a kid. 
if you're his, if you're his mum and dad, and you're responsible, you're not exactly thrilled with the idea of him jumping country state straight away. So, they get, so there's a possibility that he stays in Monaco. But against that, um, you've got an agent who's going. Hang on, you, you know, this deal is going to earn you two hundred grand a week. I think that's probably what they're talking about here. This deal may not come up in a year's time if you get an injury or, or something like that. Can you see any chance? Have Monaco got any chance of persuading uh, Kylian Mbappe? And I like saying those words. Have they got any chance of persuading Kylian Mbappe to stay in the south of France this year? I think they probably do. Uh, at, uh, like I said, World Cup year, you'd be telling him that you'll be playing every single week. This is no risk for you. You do exactly what you did last year um, and these clubs will still be there. Even if you don't do half of what, it's likely they'll still be there. So I, I, I think there's a chance and I think that, you know, if you're Monaco, you're doing everything to keep that lad. I don't think... Um, I think Except pay him 200 grand a week. Well, well that's well, another thing. I mean, how much is he on at Monaco, realistically? I mean, I know there's money down 150 there. 150 but... a week. 150 pounds a week. <laughs> <laughs> and a car. If you're his parents or you're his... Um, you know, you're as a, his advisor, you'd be looking at it and thinking, well, you know, there's going to be a lot of expectation on an 18 year old. There's going to be a lot of weight on the shoulders, whether you go to Madrid or you go to Liverpool, there's still going to be that expectation because if you're signing for, you know, between 80 to a hundred million pounds, there, there always is going to be that. So, um, it's a case of whether they feel that he can deal with that and, and whether he has the confidence in his own ability at such a young age that he can. Um, in terms of, in terms of Liverpool signing them, I just think it, it like Gareth said, it makes so much sense. It would just be uh, not only the lift that it gives the fans, but it's a it's a statement of intent across the rest of Europe. This is very exciting stuff. I hope you can sense the tension and the excitement in the room. Transfers always get my juices flowing. We're going to be talking transfers in part two and transfers again in part three. This is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk 1548, back after the break. Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk 1548. It's me, Rob Gutman, standing in for Neil Glastonbury Atkinson. <laughs> um, part two, we are still talking transfers. We've come down off our temporary Kylian Mbappe cloud and remembered that Liverpool actually broke their transfer record yesterday in signing Mohamed Salah. It's strange to see it as something of an anticlimax, John, or is that just me and my transfer greed coming through? I think it's you. I think everyone oh, else is quite happy, Rob. Uh, yeah, it was good last night. I, I just, I loved all the stuff. I loved all the clips coming out of Liverpool. I thought he did a really good job announcing Excellent. it with the, and he just seems like such a lovely fella. And I was texting Doesn't all the, he? I know. I know that <laughs> wave. Craig Hannon is doing it's poor for radio. Craig is doing his wave and uh, Salah announced it was just lovely, wasn't it? <laughs> it was unbelievable. What a fella. It, it got me. It got me. Like we all knew it was coming. We yeah. were all waiting. We'd heard that it was going to be nine, and then suddenly this clip comes up, and I. Yeah. I and near bounced out of my seat. I absolutely loved it. I don't. I just think it's you know it's it's sort of felt like three weeks, three long weeks for us all because we've known that it's going to happen and we've been waiting on it. But um, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's a transfer. That wasn't a saga. That was three weeks of negotiations. Liverpool have got the deal done. That should the fact that we've had the wait so long shouldn't taint our excitement. I don't think. Will you ever? grow up uh, beyond the exam to seeing a, a new player in a, in a new red strip I don't think so no uh, I'm not I'm not into it quite as much as you are Rob but I, I must admit last night I was I was very excited by it so um, yeah I can't wait to see him well, right now he could be absolutely brilliant couldn't he yeah, he's the that's the best world. bit. It's the yeah, yeah it's the, the Egyptian that... Messi as he's being called. Exactly. I'm buying that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the preseason optimism and the yeah. new signings, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Gareth, you've watched every YouTube going and didn't sleep last night, did you? <laughs> I, I did do that, mate. Yeah, I, I don't normally, you know. I mean, said said on uh, on a show here the other week that normally I'm like, you know, transfer Grinch. But uh, for what I'm the ale for yeah, <laughs> I, I did, yeah. I, I've given I give up ale for 27 days. Not that I was counting, but uh, I decided that you know, did you? yeah, 27 I you days. Could say hours, no <laughs> days, days. But I uh, decided last night that you know I, I would toast uh, our new signing, and uh, so I had a I had a nice glass of wine. I'm a gut, I'm gutted. I missed that Instagram live. You know, <laughs> absolutely gutted. But um, but no, I was excited by it. I thought it was fantastic. We broke the record, and I don't. You know, there seems to be some confusion over that. I wondered. I wondered around. I wondered around strategies around. I'm obsessed by strategies at the moment about everything, and I wondered were Liverpool trying to do mad exchange rates just so they could say. He's not our record signing and he's not carrying that sort of weight on his shoulders. But I think everyone expects that, you know, we'll blow that record out the water again this summer anyway. So it's sort of, it's by the by. But no, I was excited by it and I thought, uh, you know, same as you guys, that it, it was funny that he did that little video to announce him. And yeah, you go through all the, you go through all the videos. The thing that jumped out and I was saying this on, on tour players, um, 
reaction show which you can get if you subscribe to, to tour player as well as an interview with James Horncastle all about Salah but I was saying on there that you know a lot's been made about made out about his pace and about how fast he is and that he you know he could keep up with Usain Bolt and all the rest of it and so I keep you know I kept watching that video of the goal he scored against Juventus where he, he just absolutely burns everyone off takes about two touches covers the whole length of the pitch and puts it past the keeper and you kind of have that in your head as that's what he does he runs dead fast and he puts it in but if you actually sit down and watch all of his goals that he's been scoring over the last few years he's not just about that and that's what excites me you know there's, there's quite a few goals where he's sort of slotting them from the edge of the box there's an absolute superb one where he's on the touchline and he somehow bends it in from there into the goal and the, and the defender looks absolutely flummoxed yeah. it, it, you know it's not dissimilar in a way to you know a Suarez-esque one if you like yeah, yeah. the one he got against Sunderland away I think so yeah, it's really exciting right now, and as you say, Gibbo, you know anything sort of possible at the moment as well. We haven't seen him play in a red shirt, so you can big him up massively in your head. You can he might score thirty goals and and do twenty assists, and wouldn't that be nice? You know, all all lucky. I mean, yeah. Get no, excited. Normally with these sorts of things as well, there's someone saying, "Oh, I'm not sure." Or, yeah, you know, yeah. There's always there's always contrary voice, and it's really hard to find one. Obviously, there's cranks on the internet who say, "No, oh, he was rubbish at Chelsea." From and blah, the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> But but you know, people who've actually watched him like. It's it's hard to find anyone seeing negative, both about his ability and also him as a person. And, yeah. and I think as people have talked about his attitude a lot, his work rate, but also the, the kind of guy he is. And I, I saw the, the interview where uh, Glenn priced it uh, from ESPN um, and the office about uh, about what, from one of his teammates, and he was saying how how much they liked him when he, when he moved there and how he uh, to Chelsea and how he, he didn't drink. He, he doesn't drink, but he'd, he'd always go on the lads' nights out and just drink water and, and have a laugh. And he said, like, it didn't seem Designated weird. Designated driver, Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he'd always, like, join in and have a laugh. And it was he was always, like, you know, one of the boys and stuff. And, that, and that's important because, yeah. obviously, the quicker he can settle into the dressing yeah. room, like, you think that, you know, the, the more he'd be able to contribute. I think that one of the things that excites me most, and we mentioned this in the previous show as well, that um, this is a player with loads of experience in the Champions League, both with Basel, um, can't remember if he played with Chelsea, but definitely with Roma. Fiorentina uh, as well. Uh, Fiorentina he? possibly as well. And um, but still he has something to prove. Still there's this little you know niggle and doubt that he you know he didn't work in the Premier League last year at last time at Chelsea. Um, some calling him a flop, which is unfair because he didn't get many chances to to sort of show his ability. Um, and and he's coming to us with a point to prove. He wants to show that he uh, that he isn't this player that he's been made out to. So that excites me. I, I'm interested, Gareth, into how Klopp might use him. Um, there was talk, and Klopp himself mentioned in the January transfer window, which we, we didn't sign anyone in, that he was short of a winger. Mm. Uh, Liverpool have the prospect of European football, possibly, cha- possibly and probably Champions League football. They're going to need more bodies. So there's a focus on the fact that we needed another speed merchant if Mane was out. But are we perhaps losing sight of the fact that Mane and Salah in the same eleven? could be something quite devastating in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those, those sort of switching sides and causing a nightmare on both sides to, to both full, sets of full-backs, you know, it's, it's quite a mouth-watering prospect. And, you know, we can obviously play through the middle as well. And, and you know, Klopp's talked before, hasn't he, that, you know, everyone everyone obsesses quite a bit about, about sort of tactics and formations and and I think he does a little bit less because I remember him saying something like you know that that is you know you do you do obviously start with a with a certain shape, but basically he said that he said many times that when it's going well, then the, the the shape becomes very fluid, and I think that's probably what you can expect that you know all all the front men can can interchange. It also means that as as he mentioned himself, the end of last season, he can drop Coutinho to a to a deeper role. You know we've seen him play that deeper role before, and he, and he can do it. He's great at picking out passes that you can't even spot when you're sort of in the stands you know he's, he's great at that early ball and if, if he's releasing the early ball for both Mane and for Salah on the other side you can only see that resulting in goals I mean you go back to when we signed him and Sturridge together and how quickly they clicked and how quickly Sturridge knew what runs to make and Coutinho knew when to find them you know I'm picturing that already Coutinho finding those two them them sprinting away from defences and Liverpool scoring lots of goals and you know it is it is mouthwater and it makes a lot of makes a lot of sense and he can obviously literally fill in for Mane as well if if there's any problems with him but I, I think if you've if you've broke the club record I don't think he's coming to Liverpool to be a backup I think I think he's coming to Liverpool to be in you know the start and eleven most times. Uh, John, if if nothing else, and that sounds like damning with some sort of faint praise, if nothing else, he's going to make Liverpool even more devastating on the counter attack next season. Yeah, absolutely. And 
you know, teams are going to have to think long and hard about how they play against Liverpool if Salah and Mane are both in the team, or, or even if it's if it's if it's one or the other. And yeah, I mean, it was a real, it was a real asset for us last season, and you can see it becoming even more so. And also, the, the obvious point is, if, if Mane is out, then you've got you know you're not suddenly looking a bit one pace, which is what happened last season. You know, you've you've got another fella there, and having a left footer as well, I think I think adds a bit more balance to the attack. I know it's it's a drum that Mike Nevin's been banging about, you know, and I think I think it's I think it's a, it's a fair one having somebody who can go both ways, who you know who. Who the fullbacks looking at if he if he's playing left and thinking what well, he might cut in or he might go out and I think you know too often the the, the guy who's been nominally left has has just been cutting in and I think so whatever we do with with our wide players and it's a little bit up in the air because um, obviously Salah has been playing on the right although I'm, I'm sure he can do both but it's left footed isn't it yeah yeah exactly Very yeah. so, 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 what, so 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 based on what he what he decides to do it just just gives the opposition more to think about doesn't it and it just gives them a little bit more. You know, worry in terms of well, how you know where do we defend? You know, how high are we? And and it wouldn't surprise we see, see teams getting you know just just sitting deeper and deeper. And you know that's not necessarily the, the worst thing in the world if they wanted to do that at home because you know it it, it, it puts us on the front foot. I'm excited for the games against the top six. I think we said it before where it's uh, where they're not just going to sit in; they're going to come and attack us, and we can hit them in the counter attack. But I just think it's a transfer that makes sense stylistically in this team. It makes sense. Um, is you know his stats and his numbers all look great and if he can even do um, close to those in the Premier League then we're flying with him in his first season and and the fact that he's he's kind of what we missed at, uh, at times last season Do you want to hear more Mohamed Salah talk with the yes. Anfield rap? Do you? Gareth, tell us about all the extra content we have. Yeah, if you want to carry on getting excited about it, which we, we all are excited about it, do listen to James Horncastle honestly because you know there's a lot of people who are sort of piecing together, you know, you know, in the cesspit of negativity that is Twitter and the likes. You'll find people in there saying he's a Chelsea flop and he's this and he's that and he's the other. But it's not even the same man. It's a 25-year-old player, not a 21-year-old player. It's not the same player Liverpool were in for when he was at Basel. It's a fella with a lot more experience under his belt. And when we spoke to James Horncastle, four-tour player, one of the things that I took away from it, which was absolutely brilliant without doing too many spoilers for it, I want you all to have a listen to it. But he said that Salah has, has improved his game. He's better at shooting. He's better in terms of his, his decision-making and when he releases the ball. And he's not just a pace merchant. He's not, he's not solely coming to Liverpool. As his figures show in Italy, just because he's fast. That's the most exciting thing about him for me. And John? tell people how they can access this fantastic content. <laughs> <laughs> when we talked about this in the break, we were like, don't make it a pure obvious sell. I like, am just making it you. a pure obvious sell because Gareth didn't get my hint. Okay, do <laughs> we do it for no, you? I'll do it. If you go to theampurewrap.com and then click on subscribe, you can fill it there. You can pay on PayPal. You can pay on WorldPay, which comes straight out of your account. There's a range of different payment options. Are they, John? And you Are they just, easy to use? And you know what? You, you know often <laughs> Very easy, very straightforward. And you know often with these things where you have to sign up for a year or mm -hmm. even longer mm -hmm. it's not like that with this you can sign up for a month and if you don't like it you can cancel but you know what Rob lots of people stay most people stay because they love it they do don't they John yeah because the satisfaction scores are through, through the roof and, and you all, get so much Gareth Roberts your ears will bleed <laughs> and all that for the price of one edition of 442 magazine and you can also access our large historic database of all the shows we've ever done well we've like been... interviews with James Milner from a couple of weeks ago yeah interviews with oh, James oh these boys Milner. are up and running now I'm calling it off <laughs> on the shame so before. much for yeah. no big sell <laughs> yeah 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 Carragher we've had them all on lovely stuff right um, moving the transfer talk on um, we've got Salah in the bag we want Kylian Mbappe Jurgen Klopp said uh, a few weeks ago I'd love to get all my new signings in before the start of pre-season training which as we're recording is about 10 days time he acknowledged that might be unrealistic but looking at who's on the horizon aside aside from French 18 year old superstars I'll go back to you on this one Gareth what prospect does Jurgen have of getting another serious signing over the line before pre-season training starts or even in early July it's hard to say, isn't it? Because, I mean, you know, there is, you know, Craig mentioned before people describing the Salah thing as, as a saga because, it, you know, it did, take, it did take three weeks from him agreeing personal terms to us getting the deal over the line. And so it's hard to say. I mean, you know, Liverpool could go and knock on the door of one of the clubs that they've been sniffing around and just go, bang, there's the offer. 
and that could be to their liking. But it's such a game of chess, every transfer now. You know, every club wants to ask for more. Liverpool wants to stand firm and, and, and play hardball and all the rest of it. You've got all the other clubs sniffing round as well. And it's, I always say this as well, it's quite a small pool of good players that are out there. So there's always, you're always going up against someone for most signings, really. That was one of the surprising things about Salah, really, that we, we seem to have a fairly... You know, decent ride to getting them without too much opposition. Most of the other ones would be linked with. You would think other clubs are going to be looking at them, so it's really difficult. And yeah, I mean, it's it's not long, is it, until the preseason starts, sort of second week in July. So probably a big ask to get two, three more in that quickly. But we'll see. I mean, you know, Josh did an interesting piece on the website this week where he looked back over the last ten years when Liverpool have signed players. And we mentioned this on our new wrap-up video as well, which is on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, I'm having to stop these plugs. Here he goes. But, um, but what he found on there was that, you know, there were very few signings in sort of May and June, and the absolute bulk of the signings in the last 10 years are in July. So you would expect things to hot up. I think, I think sort of June, there's a lot of people in football take the opportunity to have a holiday, um, not unreasonably. And then people start to filter back, as you say, training will start at the start of July and that sort of thing. And, and you would expect everyone sort of back in the office, taking the calls and the, and, and the wheels will start getting in motion as well. And it, football will do that thing it always does as well, where when, when, when big deals happen, it sort of triggers another deal and, and it all starts moving along. So I'd expect it to sort of hot up, but how quickly Liverpool can get deals done well, remains to be seen. I mean, there's still some doubt about that, isn't there? About even after Salah getting over the line, I think we, we still need to rebuild confidence around Liverpool's ability to get deals done. Craig, um, the big deal Liverpool nearly, well, they seem to be on the verge of getting done before Salah even, uh, was the Virgil van Dijk deal, touted as £70 million for fee for the Southampton centre-half. News coming out of Italy this morning, <coughs> why they have first... Take on, I don't know, is that Chelsea uh, are interested in a bid 60 million or are in the box seat for Van Dyke? Do you think that seems plausible, likely, or do you, do you still fancy him to end up at Anfield? Seems plausible. They were in the conversation in the beginning, but um, it's a strange situation for the player to be in himself because he's sort of, uh, if it's true, well, it is true that he he'd, he'd effectively chosen Liverpool as his destination. Chelsea know that, Man City know that as well. So do they want a player that has chosen one of their rivals who would rather, you know, uh, for them to rather play there? Um, I, I, I definitely, I don't see why it wouldn't be plausible. They're the league champions. Um, Conte's Italian, so that might have been where it's come from. I hope it's not. You know, we've it's got the all the talk around Van Dyke. It's gone pretty quiet with our, you know, on our side um, within the Merseyside patch. And you know, you've heard little murmurs from some of them about how. Um, they, uh, although Liverpool have come out with the apology and said that the deal is dead, that they maybe don't think the deal is dead. Jonathan Northcroft said to us the other day that he believed it might be something that, uh, you know, might jump into action uh, towards the end of the transfer window. I know, you know, Southampton are under, I think they're under a takeover at the moment. They're in talks over a takeover. They still haven't employed a new managers, so they're in a bit of limbo at the moment. Do they want to sell their best player before all of that? Do they want their new manager to come in and decide? It's all up in the air, really. Um, I just, I wouldn't rule anything out at the moment, whether it's him going to Chelsea, whether, you know, the the deal for Liverpool uh, being back on at some stage. John, I, I was reading the other, well, I think it was in the last couple of days, that uh, the FA still haven't made any decisions to whether to take any action uh, against Liverpool for, for the alleged tapping up of uh, Virgil van Dijk. It seems to me that Liverpool, whatever their plans are, are establishing a period of radio silence and being seen to be inactive in this yeah. transfer. If the if the end game is to sign the player, is this creating a void in which others can come in to come in and steal this this transfer away from Liverpool? Do you, feel? you know what? I don't think other clubs coming in is necessarily a bad thing. I think if his heart set on really? Liverpool and Liverpool is speaking to him saying, "Look, we still want you. We still really want you. Your main man. We just need to wait." Look, if Chelsea come in and get a sixty million pound bid accepted, and then we come in with sixty million pound as well, what can Southampton do? They can't accept one and then and then say no to other. That's the same price. I mean, I don't see how they I think how they could and, and get away with that with the player. Really, you can't say you can't just refuse to do business with a club who 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 bid the same. So I think I, I I'm quite quite hoping that someone else does come in because I think that might be the thing that hurries it along. This is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk 1548. This is the end of part two. We've been talking transfers in parts one and part two, and we're going to do it in part three as well. God damn it.
The Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk 1548. Me, Rob Gutman, standing in for Neil Atkinson still. This is part three, and we are still talking transfers. Um, Gareth, we've been through some names. We got excited about various p- possibilities. But let's go right back to the beginning of, the, of this process for Liverpool and the kind of meetings that Jurgen Klopp would have had with uh, Director of Football Michael Edwards and the various money men in suits at Liverpool about what Liverpool need this summer. It's uh, Liverpool felt that they, they came up short in the numbers game last season. There were injuries near the end and Klopp was having to pick kids. There's a, a European season, as we've discussed, to, to face this season one way or another. What kind of numbers do, do Liverpool need and by position do you still think to be playing safe here? I think I think it's quite obvious they want a centre-back. I think, you know, Sacco is going to go one way or another. Might be a bit of you know, protracted thing, but there's no way, there's no way he can come back for me, you know, him, him and Klopp are done, uh, it's quite clear Klopp, you know, isn't enamoured with how he's behaved and all the rest of it, I just don't see a way back, so so he's gone and he's out, and you know, the Van Dyke thing tells us that he wants to go big, big and hard on a big centre half. so that's still going to happen one way or another, I think whether that's Van Dyke, as we just discussed before, will remain to be seen, Um Sessegnon was obviously another one that we were talking about not so long ago. It seemed like they were going in for him, but then they were warded off and told, you know, he seems to want to stay down south, uh, possibly going to Tottenham. But again, that suggests that they've highlighted left-back as being a spot that needs filling. Um, I think Milner, you know, filled him manfully and all the rest of it, but to sort of start another season with him nailed on his first choice and no one else around really to challenge him for that spot be a bit negligent that really I think Liverpool have got to get a left back of some sort in it's, it's proven problematic for them and you know it seems to stretch well it has stretched across a few windows now I mean who was the lad at Leicester that we, we kept Chilwell yeah we kept sniffing around him and then that that disappeared so there's been a, a string of left backs that we've been linked to and never seemed to get one over the line I, I, I'd be hopeful that they, they would do that so there's two um, a lad in midfield as well centre midfield seems fairly nailed on I think I don't think you go into the season really being able to trust as much as a you know a raid the player, but I don't think you can go into the season trusting Henderson really, given the string of injuries that he's had. I think he's got to get someone in. I mean, the talk was not so long back that you know the hood and the reason he dropped the hood as a target was how well Henderson had done, but since then Henderson's had this recurring injury, and so you would guess now you know given the links as well that. The one a lad in the centre in the centre of midfield, so that's another one. What are we up to now? Three, three, yeah. Um, you've convinced me earlier, Rob, when we were when we were chatting away about transfers in the office uh, that Liverpool might still go hard and heavy on another attacker um, beyond Mohamed Salah. Yeah, I mean, I think I just think if you if you look at the way Klopp likes to play football, it, it, it's it's from foot, it's scoring goals, it's entertaining, and I think. I, I can. I, you, you've persuaded me that he's going to do that because a few people were sort of losing it a little bit last night, weren't they? That you know, Firmino's being given number nine and all the rest of it. And does that now mean then that you know a lad who, who puts the ball in the net regularly is ruled out as a sign? And I don't think so. It's just a number. I mean, you know, once we put great stock in in the numbers that players were given, I think that those days are sort of long gone now. You know, Salah's turned up, hasn't he, and said a fancy eleven, and then Firmino's gone sound and I'll have nine but I don't think that necessarily means he's the nailed on nine for all season in terms of position so yeah I think that I think that's another one as well so what four you've got five all in have you have I got five you've got two at the back two up front and one in midfield okay yeah I'm going with that that sounds that sounds about right to me John um I I I'd sort of taught myself into four or five being enough but but the more I think about if you want to be serious in the Champions League, when if and when you, when the team gets there, if you want to be serious about staying in the top four and, and and mounting a title charge, the trouble with saying let's say four, it, it feels too few to my mind because some of it's replacing players. Like like Gareth said, Henderson, we just don't know whether we can count on him for a season. So it's not about putting another body in the squad to cope, to cope with the physical demands. It's possibly about replacing that player. Daniel Sturridge is another case in point. We had him as our, as our striker, our backup to Firmino. He may not be ready to, to be available for a full season. So it may, what I'm trying to get at is Liverpool, in terms of looking at the number of bodies in the squad, it's not just about having a big enough squad for a Champions League campaign it's also about replacing players and is four or five enough to your mind I think five is I think five feels like a good number to me you've got to 
remember that you know the, the players we're talking about replacing were just were just not options for us at all last year. So yes, Moreno for the left back is a, is like for like, but also you know it's it's a it's a lad who we just wouldn't trust. And now suddenly he's, if he's if he's got one, he is willing to at least at first. Then it it is it is an extra body for me. Same as you know centre half Saka wasn't even here this season. You know in terms but of Clavan got a lot of games, didn't he? Clavan did, but then if this fella gets them instead, then then it, then that, that, then it kind of if it feels okay for me to to push Clavan further down and I think I think four, four, four to five new ones you, you've got to think well what does that actually look like in the squad okay what is the first 11 what is the bench what is the players you can't even get on the bench and suddenly the players you can't get on the bench are lads like you know Divock Origi and things like that and you're thinking well has he completely lost faith in them and I'm not sure he has I think he's still quite would like quite a look at Joe Gomez and maybe have him in a few games I think he'd I think he's he's still got faith in Origi, even though he's had a difficult season. I don't think he's as prepared to write him off as other players. That and you've got to then think about the young players as well. I think well, where do they get in their games? And you know we want to be a club that develops young players. I think he's got high hopes for them. You, you heard an interview with James Milner when he was talking about you know three of the best young players I've kind of ever worked with and ever seen. And you want them to have a path as well. And I know you can. We're all short-termist in terms of, you know, we want to do great next season and I'm kind of on the same. But I think as a football manager, he will be thinking, well, you know, Ajari will burn. I've been doing so much work with them and Trent Alexander-Arnold. I've been doing so much work with them. I want them to feel like there's a pathway there. I want them to feel like for the for the next group that there's a pathway there. And even if it's just League Cup games next season. And, and so he'll be thinking like that. I, I think Adam, he's given up on Ojo instead and he was very excited in the summer in, in the World Cup that they won. And so I think... I think you've just got to sort of be careful to to remember kind of what it does to, you know, if everyone is fifth first day, day of the season, well, what are you actually doing with them? Well, there's also, I'll stay with you on this one, John. There's also, well, Trent's probably ahead of the queue of the young players you just listed. We've also brought in Dominic Solanke. Yeah. Now, yes, you can see those lads featuring strongly in the League Cup and, and even the FA Cup. But can you see them? Because Liverpool could be playing two games a week for quite a big chunk of, of the pre... Well, of certainly the pre-Christmas part of the season. Can you see the manager trusting the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold or Dominic Solanke in, in the Champions League games? Or if he, if he's played, or if, the, if somebody else played in the week in the in big Premier League games? Well, he, yeah, I mean, he played Trent at Old Trafford, Trafford. last year and, and, he, and he did OK um, and he'd be better for it. I think, I think he does. I mean, with Solanke, we just don't know. I mean, I haven't seen enough of him and I don't know what, what Jürgen Klopp's thinking, so we'll have to wait and see... But, but I mean, you talk about using these guys in the in in the league cup. But if the squad gets bigger and bigger and bigger, then suddenly, you know, if a region Sturridge aren't starting and they're fit, they were there saying, "Well, I want to play in this league cup game." You know, you've, you've, we've played four league games and mm. a Champions League game. I'm not featured at all, and 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 now you're telling me I can't start in a, in a, in, a, in the league cup either. And and so it becomes more and more difficult to keep these guys happy and to keep them feel like they're involved and and to keep an element of sharpness there. So I think. I think five would feel like five additions to me because even the replacements, the rep- as I say, they're replacing players who who we just haven't used at all. And I think even 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 last season when the when the injury problems were there, I think even two or three extra bodies would would have made us feel a lot better about life. I'd like us to go in and maybe get one more than we think suffice, just because I remember last maybe last late August, September time, we were looking at our squad and we were looking at the options that we had in the bench, the likes of a region storage and thinking, you know, we've got we've got a good squad here, we've got a big enough squad here. We had far less games uh, last season, but sort of three months down the line we were down to our bare bones. So I'd like us to take as little risk as possible. I understand that, you know, we need there there needs to be games, there need to be opportunities for the young lads, the likes of Solanke and so on. But um I would very much like us to take as little as few risks as possible, especially with Champions League football this season well also Craig I think what is often quickly forgotten is some of the Liverpool players last season even if they weren't injured ran out of legs Firmino being a case in point Jurgen Klopp plays this high octane constant pressing style and it swept all before it up to about December and there was, it was noticeable that it hit some, I know there were injuries but but also those who steer clear of injuries hit a wall Firmino was the most celebrated case that's surely a factor as well in assessing how many bodies you need Definitely. Um, I think it should be. And, and the very fact that quite a few of the players you, you can't rely on to play a, a full season or even um, three quarters of the season, the likes of Sturridge, Henderson. Um, so these are players that we have to think about and positions that we have to think about. And, and I suppose that the number of players that we do bring in probably depends on whether someone like Sturridge leaves. Um, it'll be interesting. Gareth, do you, Klopp made a big play in his first two-thirds season he had when he replaced Brendan Rodgers of how... 
strange it was to him to cope without a winter break. He's now done two two winters in England without a winter break. Do you think there's a part of him that would like to almost like artificially contrive one by having a squad big enough that he could actually rotate five or six lads out for a month with a view to fresh, that they're very fresh come the business end of the season? I, I think he's probably learned his lesson, yeah. I think um, I think when he arrived, you know, he, he, probably, he probably quite likes to work with a smaller group given his sort of methods and given his is man management and that sort of thing. And you've heard him in press conferences on several occasions sort of bemoan having a big squad almost, which is which is slightly bizarre. But what his point was that it's hard to manage people when they aren't in the side. I guess uh, you know, the season ahead more than more than any other time when he's been at Liverpool, you know, bearing in mind that we get through this playoff as the caveat that we have to keep giving. But you know, Liverpool all of a sudden will have a lot more games and so in a way it's easier to keep players happy because you can say, well, you're going to get a go in that cup game there and you're going to get a go there. But yeah, I think he's learned his lesson around how hectic it is in England now because it's not just about how frequent the games are and how many the game of the games there are. It's also the intensity of those games. I mean, I think he's probably used to, and, he, and he, again, he gave this away in a press conference once where he sort of said, you know, every game's really intense. Every game, you know, the, t- the other team fancies the chances to an extent and there's no there's no gimmies really in the league and also he talked about he bemoaned uh, the style of some clubs didn't he and said you know some of these clubs if they were playing in a league abroad they'd be playing to an empty stadium but here it's just all about the results every game is all about the results so that that said to me that there'd been a bit of a shift in his thinking and I think this summer hopefully we're going to see Liverpool recruit and recruit a, num- a good number and, and as you say, yeah, all of a sudden you, you, you can almost start talking about two two sets of 11 and that sort of thing because when you look back, I know there was injuries and everything else and those caveats, but Woodburn and, and Trent were on the bench as, as supposed options far too many times. I'm, I'm fully up for the idea of there being a pathway from the academy to the first team, but I think even those two lads themselves would say, you know, they shouldn't have been on the bench at those points because it was clear the manager didn't really trust them to come on and, and influence the game. They were just essentially bodies at that time. He, he didn't really want to use them. And so we've got to have you know more senior options on the bench. You, got, you should be looking at the bench when you go to the game and going, if it's not if it's not going our way on 60, 70, these lads can come on and sort it. And too many times last season, that wasn't the case. I want to move the 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 forensic look at Liverpool's transfer plans on to looking at uh, who we might sell. Actually, I'm going to start, John, but by talking about how Liverpool... The, the agenda they may face is, we've given the, the substantive links uh, to, between LFC and various players, you could see Liverpool spending gross in the order of, I don't know, £250 million, couldn't you? Especially if a link to a major striker is true, and there's a lot of evidence to suggest it is. To do this, Liverpool are going to need to move people out, and in this inflated market can hope to get some good fees... What's your list looking like now for... I mean, let's assume Liverpool actually are serious about someone like Kylian Mbappe. What, what, what would your list of players you'd be presenting to the board to shift out would be and what sort of money would you expect to raise? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because apparently we've had a rejected £11 million for, for Mourinho. And, Napoli, yeah. yeah and, every, and everyone's gone bananas about it, which is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that some of our fans aren't in charge of our, uh, of our, of our transfer strategy. <laughs> yeah, so whatever, whatever you I want. I did Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, no, no, trust Bob's me. Got a, Bob's got a good bargain in him, trust me. I used to work <laughs> for him. But, um, but... In terms of, in terms, you know, the, it just shows the fact that they're confident. Apparently, there's there's a few clubs sniffing around for them, and they feel like that they'll be able to get it. And they, they surprised us last season with with what they were able to get in for a couple of players. So I think, I think they they obviously feel like it's 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 a seller's market and. They'll be able to get good fees for him, so I think Moreno will go, and I think they'll get they'll end up getting a decent amount for him. I think there's Markovic who they maybe feel like they could get a bit more. It wouldn't surprise me to, if they get a decent offer for Kev Stewart if he goes. Uh, Sacco is another obvious one, and there's a bit of a dearth of centre halves really. So you feel like you know anyone in the Premier League kind of mid table, you know, be, if you're looking for a centre half, he'd be a good one. I mean, Harry Guy's just, just gone for seventeen million pound. I would, I think Maguire's good, but I think Sacco is a better player and. So, you know, looking at it, you think you can go... But I think if they are going to get Mbappe, then I'd, I feel like it's 
I feel like that's probably the end for for either Sturridge or Adigi, um or or at a push Danny Ings if you feel like you can get you can get something decent for him because it it just feels like then you're saying well if Matt and Beppe's fit he starts every week you know if you're paying that amount of money for him and then you think well I want I'd like for me you know to play there and then and then it just it, it just seems to be a bit too many so I think that's what they're thinking I think Gareth was right before when he talked about Mbappe and talking about the fact that you know he's seen as an investment you know we, are you realistically going to lose any money on him you know even if he he doesn't quite hit the heights that you expect. You know, he'll still be he'll still be someone who's in demand, and I think they'll, they'll probably feel that as well that you know that, that maybe there's a, there's a thirty million quid we can get for a, for a, for a striker if if he does come in because it it would feel like one too many to me. What would your list, Craig, be like? Let's put some numbers on these figures because I think the board would be saying to Liverpool if they are if if, if uh, the acquisition side of it are keen on spending this near to two hundred and fifty million figure I've plucked from the air, but it's also based in some level of logic. They're going to be saying to them, "You need to pull about hundred million back." How are you doing that? Well, I think the first person I'm looking at is probably the likes of Sacco, who um, did well at the end of the season at Palace. There's, there was talk that um, the fee that we'll be looking for would be around the 30 million mark. If you're getting close to that, you're doing well. Um, Moreno, as, as John said, um, we've turned down 11, so you'd expect we'll be looking towards closer to, thir- uh, to 15. Sorry. Um, even the likes of Markovic if you look at someone like Markovic who um, you know hasn't done very much when uh, when we sent him out on loan and then last season at Hull he, uh, you know he looked as if he could do the business in the Premier League there'll be someone that'll be talk you of know, Watford biddings north of 10 million already well and you, and you know if we if we can get a little bit more than 10 million for him we paid 20 so if you're getting closer to 20 um, and, and and that's feasible the way the way transfer fees are at the minute and how he performed that hole especially with Silva being the, the, the new manager at Watford so I think he might take a punt on him there Sturridge I would love to see Sturridge stay but um, well, know, one like, of surely as John it was I think did you say Gareth one of the strikers Sturridge or Origi would go if we bought in another one I think so yeah definitely sort of and especially with Solanke if you're Solanke and we sign yeah. Mbappe and, uh, and and you've already got these lads in front of you it looks like a difficult um, you know it looks difficult to try and force your way in especially with the or, you know even with the amount of games Um yeah, I'm trying to think. What do you think Storage is worth in the market now? Given his, I mean, he's obviously a quality player. He's not old, but he has this terrible injury record. I don't know. We, I think he twenty-five. I'd say thirty. I would like. I would like close to thirty million for him. I think. Um, I think that'd be hard. You know, last, last season, I don't actually think he was. He wasn't Mad, injured you know, that much. No, no, he, no, he wasn't player. injured. He what wasn't. Rigi fetch, boys. Sorry to cut across you. Go. What do you? What would you pitch Rigi at? Twenty-five. Yeah, about the same. See, I'd like to keep her. If if someone come in with twenty five million bid tomorrow, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take. It. I'd still I like to keep. I I'd like to keep. Him. But if you get if Mbappe's in, then yeah, it sort of changes. You yeah, yeah, fickle. <laughs> just just for him. No, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. We want thirty for Sacco, don't we? Fifteen yeah. for Moreno. Yeah. Um, There's Lucas as well. Lucas probably four, three, four. Yeah. yeah. What, what like about that. big Kev Stewart? Fetching big dough these days. You might surprise you, Kev, you know what, what I mean? What did, what did Wisdom go for? Five? Four, four and, and a half, half including yeah. add-ons. They, yeah, yeah. So you can probably get that, about that for, for, for big Kev Stewart, couldn't you? England's Kev Stewart. England's, I think you might, I think you might get up, go for about six, you know. Yeah. I would go to sign if we got six. <laughs> Flanagan? Couple we've got to have, we've got have that difficult conversation at keep, some point, keep, haven't we? Keep forgetting about Flano. We all oh. like him, but... What's happening with your career there, Flannel? I think Liverpool might get some money for Ryan Kent, who's done a range yeah. of loans, and he's and I think he's done six million mention for for Kent, hasn't? I it? think that's the, sold. That's the thing over the last year. The thing over the last year is that we have we have found this ability to um, you know to. to uh, to, to make a bit of money out of players or to get uh, transfer fees that we as fans deem as as suitable, and um, we're quite hard to please. I think. Um. What's been strange, I think, about this this transfer window so far from a Liverpool point of view, apart from seeing Liverpool potentially spend big money, which is more than strange, it's genuinely shocking, is we seem to know, get back to young at Gareth, categorically who Liverpool are after now. We know that they're after Salah and have signed him. We know they're after Van Dijk. We know the chosen man in midfield is Naby Keita. I think if Liverpool are after a striker, we probably can also now guess at the first choice, however difficult it'll be to get to. We're not hearing much by way of second uh, second choices, are they? If not Van Dijk, then who? If not Naby Keita, then who? Now, the club could be just being very smart, but it feels like they're very invested in certain players. Yeah, it does, yeah. And uh, uh, maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's very difficult now for clubs to, to keep things under wraps. We, I think we talk a lot 
all of us at times and say it'd be lovely to just have one sprung upon us. And, you know, Solanke was a little bit like that, but I mean, he, he's a kid, isn't he? We didn't get too excited about that. But I think it's it's so difficult now because there's so many people involved in in any potential transfer and getting them all to basically shut up is hard. And, 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 and you know, there's loads and loads of journalists. Football now is 24-7. It's big business. And so there's lots of people fishing all the time. And I think... You know, we talk about the club being leaky and all that sort of stuff, and and it seems there is evidence of that at times. But on the other hand as well, I mean, if you go to the club with what seems to be a strong rumour and just essentially say to them, well, listen, I'm publishing it either way, then it's up to the club really to to control the media messages that are out there. And perhaps when, when I'm sure the alternative targets have been mentioned, but perhaps when they've gone to the club saying, listen, there's not genuinely not an in that one. And then if the club proves themselves to be lying on that, then you know that that journalist will trust them in the future. So it's about managing that relationship. So maybe maybe they genuinely are focused on on the first choices right now, and that's why we haven't seen too many links elsewhere. It's still very early. You've got till the end of August, haven't you, to to make these signings? And obviously, sooner the better. But you know, when there's that much space there, that much wiggle room. You will get the clubs, like I said before, just playing hardball. No one Liverpool have got money. No one Liverpool are desperate for a centre half. You know, with Van Dyke, for instance, you know the ball's very much now in Southampton's court, isn't it? Liverpool have crawled away with the tail between the legs, saying sorry and putting statements on the website. Something's got to happen on the other side now. Van Dyke's got to force something, or Southampton have got to climb down a little bit. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a waiting game, and I'm, and I'm sure the frustration will grow again now because, you know. We talked about it earlier in the show about being dead excited about Salabra already. We want the next one, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we started off excited yeah. and now we're, now we're bored. Yeah, get another player, Liverpool. Come on. <laughs> we could do this all night. We do do it virtually all week on our Anfield Rap subscription service tour player. Uh, we've mentioned it before. We will keep on plugging it because it's that good. Um, any other business, Gareth, in terms of what else we're doing? Yeah, um, Going over to Ireland, aren't we, boys? Uh, yeah. Dublin. Yeah. Uh, live show in Dublin. The <laughs> uh, the night before Liverpool take on Bilbao uh, in, in the pre-season friendly. Um, anyone who's been to our live shows will know these are great occasions. Uh, we have a laugh. We talk about football. We do a live AFQ, which is madness. Uh, we get people off, off the stage. John does some madness. Uh, don't want to spoil his act too much. Uh, but, you know, it's a slight... Last, last day at Anfield Rap events, I broke a rib. It's a sight to behold, isn't it, mate? Broke a rib. <laughs> you broke a rib? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so there you go. Um, if you want to get involved in all that, uh, check out our Twitter feed, check out our Facebook. Look on C-Tickets, that's where the tickets are, Andy Craig. Yeah, ctickets.com. You'll find the link on all of our social media channels as well. Um, uh, we're, all go- we're also going on the uh, day of the Liverpool Bilbao game on the Saturday, the day after our live show. We're going to be down at the Lansdowne Hotel in Dublin. So we're going to be on stage there for a little bit as well. So check that out. And we're going to Dubai as well. Oh, uh, that's lovely. <laughs> Take your bucket yeah. in spade. <laughs> announced Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be announced on Monday, but that's on the... On the, uh, the f- Friday the 14th of July on our, on our way to Hong Kong to watch uh, the Reds play out there. Uh, we're doing a live show in Dubai, so that'll be on sale on Monday, hopefully. Always the hard gigs for John Gibbons. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this, Liverpool. It's been the Anfield Rap with me, Rob Gutman, standing in for Neil Atkinson. It's been great to host uh, Craig Hannon, John Gibbons and Gareth Roberts. Uh, thank you very much, Liverpool, and Radio City Talk 1548. This has been the end of part three. Sports Social Podcast Network.